Welcome to Fire Headlines, where we discuss the hottest fire news to hit within the last two weeks. I'm your host, Inanna Hankey, and I'm joined today by the panel, Chief Bob Horton and Chief Jeff Buchanan. New York has long led the nation in fire deaths, firefighters say, according to an article that was published in the Time Union on March 13th of 2023. New York has the most residential fire deaths at least 45 fatalities in the first three months of just this year, which is pretty staggering and truly highlights the need for legislative action, according to the Firefighters Association of the state of New York. A couple of suggestions that they have proposed are a measure to provide funding to local building departments to conduct routine inspections, and also suspending sales tax on smoke and carbon monoxide detectors just during the month of October, which is Fire Prevention Month. It seems wild to me that these provisions aren't already in place, especially in a city where you have so many older buildings and this long history of tightly packed living spaces. I guess what I'm wondering after reading this article is how common is it to have truly good fire codes and enforcement in place? Uh, Do you have any experience with this, Jeff? Uh, What struck me about this particular article, a couple things, you know, just kind of noodling into the kind of the data that they were offering. Part of the perspective here clearly is there's a heavy population. So there's obviously a correlation between dense population, the amount of people that are living there and, and, and potentially the fire fatalities that result from it. And let me just say across the country, what they're experiencing, there are those challenges where I differ in opinion is while you can make an argument for more people, and that's what they're they're going for, I, and, and I can see that uh, through that lens. But I would also say you can't get enough people. You're not going to get enough people. There's not enough funding for enough people for the thousands and thousands of buildings that exist in New York City. You're just not going to be able to do it. So it means you're going to have to look at other creative alternatives, leveraging technology, uh, leveraging private industry. There are actually solutions out there for inspections where you couple private industry with technology to enhance the inspection ability of a particular municipality. And you have to do that because those multi-family structures are in New York City, not in the thousands, probably in the tens of thousands. So how can you get enough employees to really crack away at that. So I'm, I'm just not sure while that could be a, an advancement for them, I think that they're going to have to look a lot more deeply at leveraging technology and, and private industry to be able to, to, to bring them in. I don't think that that's only a municipal challenge. Uh, in regard to suspending the sales tax, I think it sounds great on its face, but when you think about how much a, a, a smoke detector costs, I don't know, between 20 and $40, make that number up. Sales tax, 6 to 8%, 9% across the country. Is $2, $3 in savings really going to drive you to the store and get uh, a smoke alarm? Uh, I'm not so sure. I-, I think a better play might be really 
because um, the tendency for these multifamily structures is they're they're owned by larger corporations is is really maybe trying to incentivize the ownership to make sure that those apartment complexes are are in compliance. I think that might be a better way to route you know that that you know th those funds. Um, I just don't think there's enough money. Yeah, I, I just don't think that personnel is going to be able to solve that solve that issue. It's disturbing though. There's there's no doubt about it. There is a large amount of older construction. And what really has to be the eye opener when you talk about older construction and new construction is residential sprinklers. And that's a bit of a taboo for the development community. It's a bit of a taboo all the way around the board, but those types of mitigating systems would absolutely help in the fatality side of things but there it's a difficult conversation and you know bob you've had a lot of experience in in that area in particular uh residential sprinklers and you know kind of crack the the code there and i know that you've used technology and leveraged private industry to to help aid in your inspection problems in the past where, where do you see that fitting in yeah, there, there's a lot going on in this article, to, and you did a good job of unpacking these various pieces. And Anana, I, I had a very similar reaction that you did when I saw this and, and wondered to myself, you know, in 2023, how is it that these codes are not legislated in these areas? And I don't know enough about what's going on in, in New York to, you know, opine directly on what might be contributing to that. And I'm sure there are you know very reasonable discussions going on in their state, but broadly speaking, well, there is sufficient evidence uh, that support it's the necessity for these life safety uh, codes in buildings, particularly as it relates to functioning smoke alarm. You know, I think so. That's part of it. Is there a code in your county that says if you're going to build a building for people to live in that has a functioning smoke alarm, they have to have so many exits? But that's routine out west, right? Where where we're located, that that's normal. And, and you go into a building today uh, in America, I would assume, like I do, I assume it's built safely. I don't know that that it is, but I assume it is in, in part because I know the codes that the areas that I've lived have been really advanced. You know, there's a lot of tension in the policy space about what Jeff was just talking about, requirement of residential sprinklers and what is the impact of that uh, broadly. Las Vegas implemented that at, at a time that we were both working down in that region. Um, a lot of communities uh, have navigated to residential fire sprinklers. The contention usually comes, like I think Jeff aptly pointed out, from uh, building developers, and it's just another cost of construction, just another cost, right? And that's where there's always a fight politically on one local control, you know, which essentially means you know folks want the lowest level of government to have influence over items of public planning or land use planning or something like this, where code these kind of codes live, versus let's say the state of New York adopting a code that goes statewide. And there's usually a lot of pushback for that because the, the counties want to have a control over what those codes look like. Everything that's additional into the code is additional cost. Like that's the counter argument. And when we're living in, a, in an era where we don't have enough homes for the people that we have and affordable housing is an issue in a lot of our places, where do we stop? Right. And that's in the, in the capitals and the state houses across the United States is this debate over one more code, one more code, one more code uh, to protect for safety. Obviously, I'm an advocate for all the codes that protect people because Jeff is right. You know, you, there's not enough inspectors, right, to to 
to do this. There's not enough firefighters. It never will be, you know, more of, of all of this would be, would be nice, but practically speaking, getting as far upstream as you can in reducing fire death is you have to prevent the fire from happening in the first place. If you cannot prevent the fire from happening in the first place, you have to alert all occupants as early as reasonably possible uh, for them to be able to get out. So having a functioning smoke alarm, like we need to reduce all the friction, all the friction that we possibly can. I agree with Jeff. I wonder to the extent that it's successful to suspend the sales tax. I, I think the interest is, hey, look, this is important, right? And we've done something to help you. And I don't know how it, if it drives it, but I do know that there are other communities uh, for disaster planning, kind of linked to a previous article that we've talked about related to disasters, was when it came time to disaster preparation, they suspended all sales tax on on the tools you would need to be successful to weather ready your home, like in Florida for hurricanes in certain areas. I'm familiar that they've done that. We don't have sales tax in Oregon, so that's not an incentive that we that we would be able to do, but it would be great, right? If you're going to do things to wildfire protect your home, there's no tax on that. So I don't know if what's going on in New York is exclusive to just smoke alarms or if there's other you know, public safety things that fall into that tax break. Why not do it even, even if there's no evidence to suggest it's effective? More successful, what we've seen out in the field is these these grants and partnerships with American Red Cross that will go out and install working smoke alarms. Every fire company in America should be out helping those that don't have functioning smoke alarms to have functioning smoke alarms. Right. As firefighters, if we want to pe- prevent people from dying in buildings, it's it's not you know, yanking them out on a ladder. It's too late. There was a big failure of the system by the time we got to that. Go in the house, make sure you know, we're in their homes all the time for various reasons. Check for functioning smoke alarms, install one if they don't have one. Like that should be the norm uh, or where we're at. Uh, but I don't know how prevalent this is. That was your original question. Like, I don't know how prevalent it is where that we have homes being built or multifamily residential being built in America today that don't have, you know, what we think would be just very, the basic, you know, maybe, maybe I leave out the controversial conversation of residential sprinklers, just shy of that though, everything else, uh, including functioning smoke alarm. Uh, it's, it is shocking that there's areas of the country that may not have that in code. We talk a lot about technology at the Western Fire Chiefs Association as well, and I think I was surprised to hear you say smoke alarms and fire sprinklers, which don't, (laughs) maybe it's because we spend so much time on the very front end of technology and what that means for really exciting and intense disasters, but these have been around for at least as long as I have been alive. And I think we forget that some of the tools that we have at our disposal don't necessarily sound fancy and exciting, but can be just as, if not more effective than I guess I was imagining, like, how do we monitor buildings for if there's a fire? And of course, it would be something as simple as a smoke alarm and not necessarily any kind of like cameras or thermal imaging or anything like that. So it's good to know that there are very effective tools that we could implement. And also, as you said, disheartening to hear that it's not always the case that these are a requirement or, you know, there isn't the enforcement to make sure that people are being protected appropriately. It's uh, simple, but not easy. These rather routine tools that can alert someone and keep them safe. If they don't have them, they're useless, right? I mean, a $20, a $40 item I mean, that's what we're talking about here, you know, and Bob often talks about community risk reduction and as do I. Um, And one of the fires that was discussed in the article, it was a space heater related where a campaign on, you know, every time it gets cold, most fire departments are talking 
PSAs, public service announcements to make sure that you're not using space heaters inappropriately in, inside of a home. Uh, certainly once fire is started, being able to alert those individuals is obviously the next step in order to get out safely. However, how many of these multifamily homes, because really what we're talking about, you know, there's a blend of affordable housing, and then there's the enforcement piece on the code, if there is a code that's there. And I think that unfortunately, the world requires an amount of accountability, enforcement, and, and regulation. No one wants to be overregulated, but maybe the right incentive is for the renters to be coordinating with the management group. And there has to be an accountability that that management group over those um, uh, those apartment complexes are making sure they're making sure that the smoke detectors are there. And that, but that that again becomes very very controversial. Um, but you have to have an accountability measure if you want to see some real impact and change. And I was going to add there, you know, the engineering designs of smoke alarms in the modern day uh, have really overcome what some of the challenges in the past we've seen sort of the theory was, you know, they were batteries and you would change them. And a lot of, you know, there'd be good reason to use those batteries for other things other than the smoke alarm. The modern ones that are built and certainly the ones fire departments are giving away have built in batteries that, you know, last long, long time. And you know, there's no battery to sort of take out and put in a TV remote. And that's at least... To your point, and on a very small level technological advance compared to the types of things that we typically spend time working on. But if but if we can't you know make those function, how valuable is the rest of the stuff? You know, at the at the end of the day, the bottom line is if there's an emergency, we should do everything we can do to prevent the fire. But if there's a fire and emergency, the next and most important investment you can make is the twenty to forty dollar hit that Jeff's talking about to alert you and your family to be able to get out in a reasonable amount of time. All right. Well, thank you both for your insights. If you want to ask any questions about our podcast, you can contact us at fireheadlines at wfca.com. If you have a question, if you have insights, we would love to hear from you. Bob, Jeff, it's always a pleasure. Thank you both so much. And thank you to our listeners. And we'll catch you all next week for more Fire Headlines. 